What's up, you guys? Happy Sunday, and welcome back to your favorite day of the week because it, your favorite podcast is on Brunch with Des B. My name is Des. I also go by Des B. This is your host speaking, and the B today stands for body decisions. We're going to go with that. Um, before I even get 20 seconds into this episode, I do want to give a trigger warning based off of even the title alone. I'm sure you understand if you should be here or not be here, we will be chatting about abortions. If this is something that is triggering to you in any way, shape or form, or you know, maybe you just have a very strong opinion and you're not open to listening to others, I'm just gonna go ahead and give you the out right now. I'm gonna give you 10 seconds to decide whether you want to stay or not starting now. Five, three, two, one. All right. If you're here, you're here to stay. All right. So buckle up. We're going to be chatting about abortions today, but before we get there, um, not really a lot of things going on. Um, and I'm really excited because I actually have, um, my non aborted sister with me, (laughs) Michaela, Uh, (laughs) even though we were all mistakes, we were literally every single one of us was not planned. So that's where we started our life. Anyways, so um, anyways, um, I'm drinking a margarita. Michaela's got an Alani. So <laughs> um, we got both of the kids being little shitheads today. So what an appropriate, um, what an appropriate podcast to be sharing. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, but I wanted to bring my sister on this too because we actually listened to a podcast the other day on our way home to Ohio. And we're like, dude, let's just listen to this. Like, and, and let's like chat about it and listening to it. You know, I think I speak for us both when I say it was just, I, <laughs> M- Mila is with us. Um, I couldn't turn it off. You know, it was, it was a very interesting, um, podcast. It was, it was off of girls got to eat. I'm going to link it in the description, um, in the show notes, but it's off girls got to eat is from this past fall with a doctor. Um, her name was Mira Shaw. Mila, we can't, we can't, this isn't your podcast. Thank you. Um, it was with a doctor Mira Shaw and she was actually an abortion doctor. Um, and through this episode, I was very, I'm open ears when it comes to really any type of discussion. Like I love to just listen in whether I believe in it, whether I, I sway that way or not, or whatever that looks like, no matter the topic, I love to listen and and be exactly that. I love to be a listener. So Michaela and I did this the other day and I was like, you know what? I, I'm, I feel called to do a podcast on this. I think since we both listened to this, we could talk about it, even debate with each other, whatever ends up coming up, um, and yeah, I'm really excited. Me too. <laughs> I'm so glad we don't have a podcast together because uh, you would be a terrible co-host. Yeah, I know. That's why I don't want to be on you right now. Uh, that, but That's not very nice. Well, it's the truth. I'm the worst speaker. You do a great job. Mm. L- l- like, listen to your voice. It sounds so like, uh, I'm just... Uh, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Anyways, so before we get into the episode, um, number one, here's just another opportunity to just X out. If this is not the podcast for you today, don't fucking listen. Um, 
Number two, we are not doctors. We are not giving medical advice of any sort. Um, we are all entitled to opinions, just like buttholes. We all have them and we're allowed to have them. And if we didn't have them, that would be an issue. So, um, number three, Patreon group merch, the podcast I also mentioned, I was inspired by, um, pod or app app stuff, uh, programs to come strong ass moms releasing june 14th i'm pretty fucking excited for that uh there's a lot of like catch up with me episodes coming up but honestly i just really want to get into this podcast because number one i'm excited but also because maddox is actually sleeping and i don't want to fuck that up so without further ado let's get into it All right. I first want to start off with a few things that I asked on my Instagram story the other day um, before we kind of open up the topic. And I just want to because it's right in front of me. And I think it'd be a good segue into kind of discussing what this looks like for people and, you know, where our stances are, how we grew up and more. So number one, I asked on my um, personal account, uh, the, the one that you guys have access to, sunscreen and sarcasm. Have you ever had an abortion? 4,917 people said no. 443 said yes. Have you ever been on birth control? 5,214 people said yes. 435 people said no. Have you ever used the morning after pill? 3,419 people said yes. 2,231 said no. If you had to say you are pro-choice or pro-life, what do you identify most with? Again, we realize that it is not necessarily a black or white manner, but we'll get there. 4,435 people said pro-choice. 1,076 said pro-life. If you have had an abortion, can you share your age? Um, I got a ton of responses for this. Um, The average age was, I mean, dude, anywhere from I saw 15 I saw a 27, I saw a 33, 31, 20, 38, 25, 18, 19, 18, 25, 21, 18, 26. I mean, the list goes on. There were a lot, but I was trying to get an average age. I also asked if you were to find out you were pregnant right now, what would your initial reaction be? Again, this is just for conversation. 3,676 of you said you would keep it. 1,769 people said you would be up for debate. (sighs) Did you tell the person you got pregnant with if you proceeded with an abortion? 523 people said they did. 170 said that they did not. Lastly, I said, did you actually tell anyone? 467 people said yes. 190 said no. So to get into this episode again, I just want to reiterate, we were very inspired by an episode we listened to off Girls Gotta Eat. Um, and it just kind of like popped out. And because I have shared in previous podcasts about my pregnancy, um, that at the time, um, it kind of changed my view on pro-life, pro-choice, um, et cetera, et cetera. And I shared that because it, that first trimester, which is where like 90% of abortions occur, I didn't feel connected to 
my child at all at that point in time. I didn't know what gender it was. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't really, I wasn't really knowing of if I was ready or not. Um, There was just a lot going on in my head to where I can see where people could find um, themselves debating. Um, So I wanted to start with those statistics um, just off of my Instagram alone to kind of tail into this episode um, and chat about it because I remember in a few episodes um, that I kind of discussed my pregnancy and especially the first trimester in general, I kind of mentioned how it actually did open my eyes to being more being pro-choice period, because during that first trimester, um, alone, which is where a a very great amount of uh, abortions occur, I realized that I wasn't connected with my fetus at that point at all either. You know, I didn't know what gender it was. I, you don't really feel pregnant. You don't feel kicks. You just feel bloated and like, like you can't shit. So like there was nothing else really there for me to where if I wasn't in the mindset of like, wow, I can't wait to be a mom. I can see where for someone who simply is not, it can be a, a route easier traveled, you know? So that was just kind of, um, where my inspiration for this episode came from was listening to that and being like, wow, that was even more eye opening. Um, but Michaela, on the other hand, had a little bit of an eye opening for like the first time. So Michaela, how did you, how would you say we grew up in our household. Let's start there with how we grew up. Well, I mean, we, you know, went to church every Sunday, had more so like Christian conservative values. And like you said, I didn't really feel like connected in my pregnancy until probably your second trimester. You know, you're getting bigger. My first trimester was absolute shit. I was sick all the time. You know, I felt like I was hungover every single day. I remember literally laying in the bathroom at my work, just like almost about to vomit. But anyway, so yeah. So then I, we listened to this podcast and it, it opened my eyes more. I mean, I wasn't pro life. I was kind of in the middle, but this kind of like sealed the deal for me, um, about being pro-choice. Yeah. And it's, it's hard for, I think a lot of people because you hear the word pro-choice and you immediately revert it to pro-abortion. Yeah. And then, and that's not the case at all. What pro-choice means in layman's terms and pretty straight up is that you have the choice over your body and your life, whatever that, that means, you know, that means IVF, that means medical choices. That means anything, you know what I mean? It just comes down to the, the choice of your own means in your own body. Um, and that's where I think a lot of our growing up skewed. It was our, our family. I specifically remember, you know, we had even a cousin who got pregnant very early and it was like, no one would ever think about aborting a child ever in our family. Like it was even one of those things where growing up, we would have, you know, kind of the awkward sex talks with our mom and it wasn't, we didn't really have sex talk, but just, Hey, if you get pregnant, that's on you. We didn't even really have like the sex talk in general, but it was just more so like, Hey, if you get pregnant, that's quote, you know, your fault, like not really, it's not really the verbiage they use, but like, Hey, like that's on you. If you get pregnant, you will have to 
suffer the consequences, if you want to call it like that. Um, you'll have to forego college. You'll have to forego sports, whatever that looks like. So from the- I have something to add really oh, quick. Yeah. Um, like, you know how we're, you know, taught sex ed kind of in school yeah. and you know, your parents are supposed to talk to you about all that stuff, which I mean, mom and dad really didn't. Not really. We <laughs> kind of just learned ourselves. Um, can we talk about how we don't learn about ovulation during periods? Well, I think that's half the issue is you and I immediately when we turned 16 virtually, mom found out we were having sex and we went to the OBGYN. Right. And the OBGYN just gave us birth control. Never talked to us. Never I literally talked to us. hated her too. Yeah, she was a bitch. She really was. Really a bad experience. But she regardless. Very, she judged me a lot. We're, we're immediately placed on birth control, which I'm not against because at the end no. of the day, again, like that is what will then prevent having an abortion, right? Like to place yourself in whatever category of prevention you need, IUD, um, Nexaplan implant or whatever it's called, whatever that choices for you will then eliminate the need for an abortion, right? So I'm not mad at our mom for sticking us on the pill. That's fine because that that kept us safe during high school and whatever it, that looked like during our, our journey. But the thing is, it's like you mentioned is we don't get taught, we didn't get taught about any of that. So outside of prevention in terms of contraceptions and condoms, learning what ovulation is, is huge. Absolutely. That's the thing that gets you pregnant. That's literally what gets you pregnant. Like they got like what, four days of it or something? I think it's upwards. Something like that. I think the window of actual ovulation is literally only hours. Okay. There is only hours where you can legitimately get pregnant, but it's the fact that then again, we're not taught how long do, how long does sperm live? The fact that you don't have to have sex that day to get pregnant that day. Like all of these things are, we're just not taught and maybe they are now, you know, we're almost 25 Michaela and I'm 26. Things were maybe a little bit different back when we were in, you know, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. But I just feel like that's where first off education could is lacking, you know? And when people are, you know, people might have an outlook of birth control in terms of, oh, it's like birth controls, the devil, um, whatever. But at the end of the day, if birth control is also avoiding the need for potentially unwanted pregnancies for people who might just not be educated in that way to understand ovulation times, et cetera, accidents still happen. And so if you're going to be if you're going to choose, okay, well, women can't, women shouldn't be on birth control. Well, then you need to be pro-choice like that. You know what I mean? You don't get to just say that about other women. So, I mean, to, to open that up, that was our first debate that Michaela and I had when we were in the car thinking about all this is like, why were we not taught about ovulation? Cause that's how you get pregnant in the first place. And I think a lot of people chalk up abortions and myself included my old outlook I chalked up abortions to being negligent and like, well, that's, that's your fault, right? Too bad. You shouldn't be allowed to get an abortion because you knew what you were doing. That was kind of my thought process. And saying that now, that sounds, that is just so terrible because learning some of these people and these stories that I'm going to share, people I even know who had gotten abortions that I didn't know, they're the most responsible people I've known, right? But it's Mm -hmm. like, it doesn't mean you were being negligent. And I think, again, that's where like our upbringing was painted so negatively about abortion. When at the end of the day, it is one of the safest medical procedures anyone can have, period. 
<laughs> period. No pun. <laughs> No pun, no period. Um, but it's one of the safest medical treatments that you can have. And it's it's the most shamed and looked down on and not talked about. Now, <laughs> do I think you should take a picture in front of Planned Parenthood and go, today I had an abortion? Probably not. Like no. I, I don't think a, that to yourself. I don't think a transformation Tuesday of like walking in and walking out is acceptable. I don't like that would not be smart. But I don't think that if you're in an open room and it comes up about your choice of parenting to be able to maybe whoever you're comfortable around or woman to woman be like, yeah, I got, I got an abortion before. And the stigma behind it is not only that you're like dirty, irresponsible, you're stupid, you're careless, but it's also, I think the fact that, um, you're not ready to be quote responsible, you know, and I, I just, I hate that too. So I wanted to take today to kind of chat about these different things that occur during abortions, as well as what, you know, and again, I really encourage you guys to go listen to the episode we listened to, but at the end of the day, a lot of you guys aren't right. So I want to reiterate some of the information that was chatted about in there. Cause I think it was so powerful to learn the different States that have different laws against abortion. Like it's not just a overall thing. And right now there's like a huge uproar, um, about 2021 and a lot of us States making changes to their abortion laws. One of them, including just recently Texas. So Texas, and this is mentioned in the other podcast, very interesting. Not only do they make you come in for say that you go to somewhere to get an abortion, you have to go in and they require you to listen to the fetal heart rate. So a lot of times when women go in to get abortions, let's be honest, you already know you're pregnant. Like, oh, yes. like you, you know, know, you know, you're pregnant or you've taken a pregnancy test. Now, in order for people in Texas to get an abortion though, you have to go into a clinic, sit down with probably a super conservative doctor in most cases, right? To where they're going to try to negate you away from any form of abortion and termination of pregnancy. But then you have to sit there, listen to a heart rate, listen to the heartbeat of that baby inside of you to then go back home. And I think sit for anywhere from 24 to 72 hours. Don't quote me on which one it was to then come back and still solidify your decision to terminate that pregnancy. What about ultrasounds? You have to get ultrasounds too, right? Or is that some right. other states? Um, I think that's some other states. Regardless, it's whether it's a fetal heart rate or a legitimate right. ultrasound, they make you do that in some states. Some states you can walk in, I think, for example, would be New York, a little bit more of a um, liberal state. Um, and again, just stating facts. Um, they, you can walk in and like walk out not pregnant. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's your call. Um and again, there's a lot of really interesting laws, again, about um, age, certain ages that you have to be, um, whether you need parental consent. So I believe it was in New York, under the age of 18, you would need parental consent to have a legitimate abortion. However, anyone under 18 has access fully without parental consent to receive birth control, IUD, contraceptions, um, including like condoms, stuff like that and any um, education about that. And obviously they do that so that, and obviously they do that. So hopefully they're 
deterring you from needing an abortion, right? Because they're, they're giving you that opportunity to be educated and learn how to avoid an unwanted pregnancy, right? Um, but again, shit happens. So um, there's just a ton of different laws, rules, and whatnot. Um, but like I said, the biggest thing that's going on right now and kind of also prompted the timing of this podcast is in Texas, they have become the latest state to tighten the abortion laws by banning terminations after the detection of the heartbeat, which happens at about six weeks, often before a woman even realizes she is pregnant. This law, which also grants citizens the right to sue doctors who perform terminations beyond the cutoff mark, becomes amid moves by some lawmakers to overturn a landmark 1970s U.S. Supreme Court ruling that legalized abortion worldwide, which is also known as Roe versus Wade. Roe versus Wade um, is a uh, U.S. Supreme Court um, thing-ish, whatever you want to call it, that happened back, like it says, in the 1970s. Um, and this gave women abortion rights. Um, so basically... Roe versus Wade said that a woman's decision to have an abortion was covered under the right to privacy. Um, and so the case in this, um, in this specific case involved a woman under the Suedo name of Jane Roe and the prosecutor, Henry Wade in the state of Texas, where abortion was only allowed while the pregnant woman's life was at risk. Um, the justices voted seven to two that restrictions on abortion had to be narrowly drawn and that the constitution protected the right to abortion before the stage at which, which a fetus could live outside of the womb between 24 and 28 weeks. Um, so again, this, it, it is, um, a hard issue because there's are a lot of people that are against it. Um, limiting abortions, especially because for some reason, people tend to think that a lot of people are using abortion as birth control when in fact, a lot of the statistics out there, they are not. Um, and a lot of stories that you guys even wrote in and shared with me, um, you know, finding things that were wrong with your baby, um, having genetic defects, you know, X, Y, and Z, you would never want to put a baby through that, that kind of life. Right. Um, so that, that part was very interesting to me. And especially with Texas, um, banning abortions up to after six weeks, Michaela, how far along were you when you found out you're pregnant? Um, I was six weeks. I think I was six weeks. No, I was, I don't know. I literally found out the day after my missed period. Okay. So maybe a month. I don't know. Well, because remember how the the weeks go oh, awkwardly. Yeah. They so like add five weeks between five to six weeks. Okay, so I I think I was like based on my calendar, I was like five weeks in two days. Okay, so wow. in the in the state of Texas right now, that would give me less than five days to decide and and go through with an yeah. abortion. Not just not just make an appointment for a, a think about it. As of six weeks cut off. You would have to have that decision yeah, made. That's crazy. And a lot of times, again, like it says in all of us out here, we've had a few late periods or two, right? You're like, nah, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Who cares? I won't check. And all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, it's yeah. been two weeks. You forget. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're pregnant and you can't you really do forget. And then you can't get an abortion, um, an abortion due to choice. Right. So I think one thing, um, that I want to also bring up 
is a snapshot of what's happening in some other U.S. states. So I have like a really good link. I'm going to put it up. It's a it's a dot org. It's the Thomas Reuters Foundation News. So um, looks like Louisiana um, have approved a similar ban, but it won't take effect before Mississippi law is uh, decided upon. Um, Montana um, passed several bills in April restricting access to abortion, including banning terminations after 20 weeks. Measures are due to take effect in October. Ohio, a federal appeals court ruled in April that Ohio can enforce a 2017 law banning abortions when medical tests show that a fetus has Down syndromes. Down syndrome. Ohio has approved a bill last year requiring fetal tissue be cremated or buried. Interesting. I've, I've never looked into Ohio's abortion laws, so that's very interesting to me. So it, it seems to me that they ruled in April that a 2017 law can come back, um, meaning that if, if a fetus has Down's syndrome, banning abortions. So they are banning that opportunity to abort a child just because they have Down syndrome. I believe that is what I'm reading. Um, and then again, also um, approved a bill that fetal tissue, so meaning the fetus that would be removed, I'm assuming maybe in a DNC, which we'll get there in a second, would need to be cremated or buried. Which, interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, and again, you know, the, the weird thing to me, and I'm not saying, I mean, that that's sweet. <laughs> that's sweet of them. But <laughs> cremation or burial costs money. Yeah. And so do abortions. Right. Abortions are not covered. I'm, assu- oh, yeah. I'm assuming unless it's medically deemed um, for like the safety of mother, et cetera. They're not covered by insurance. No. And it, I don't even think by Medicaid in some states. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. I think that's what we read on, or listened to on that podcast. And again, pocket. I'm, t- I'm telling you guys, go, if you have time, go listen to it. Yes, it's going to be, listen. yeah, it's going to be really, really eye opening, and even include some other information that I'm just, I'm not. Um, but yes, again, so you're paying, you know, $500 for potentially having a medical abortion, which would include like pills um, or upwards of, you know, thousands of dollars having to get a DNC. Um, so let's segue into that. What is a DNC? Um, so a DNC is dilation and courage. I, I always get confused on how to pronounce this word, but basically what is happening in a DNC, this can happen also for sometimes people that have a, a miscarriage. Um, so there are a lot of women out there who have to go through this without actually wanting to terminate a pregnancy. Um, they just have to go through it because the fetus is too big to pass. Um, so what this, what happens here is that you're going to dilate the cervix, um, which is kind of like putting an IUD in. So if you've ever had an IUD put in, you have to actually dilate the cervix to open it up, right? To get up into the actual uterus from there. Um, and either a thin instrument is used to then scrape that uterine wall and remove that tissue. Um, or in some cases there is an actual, I believe it's called like an aspirator or something of that sort, where it's kind of like uh, the size of a straw. It actually goes into the cervix through the vagina, um, obviously into the uterus and will then suck out any, um, of whatever, whatever is there. Let's just call it like that. All right. Um, so that is option. That's another option. That would be more of like a physical abortion, having to go through a procedure. And another one would be more of, um, like a medical abortion. And this would be more terms of, um, there's no surgery, no anesthesia. This can be at home. This could be in person. Um, 
And this is actually done more so just by like pills. So this is not plan B. Let me just reiterate that. Um, this is like legitimate pills to remove a implanted egg. Okay. Um, so what this happens is you usually have two different kinds of pills. You have two pills, one that you have to take. And then like one you take like two days later or something of that sort. Um, sometimes it's actually very interesting. You cannot like a doctor cannot just ship this off to your local CVS and be like, here, go pick it up. Like have fun. Um, you know, check it, check in later. A lot of times you actually have to go in person to physically say, Hey, this is the kind of abortion route and experience I would like to have. Thank you so much. I think the positive about this is that you can do it in the safety of your own home. You maybe have a little bit more um, moral support with your loved one, whoever is there, or you can just simply do it alone and feel very comfortable um, in your experience of privacy. Um, but the interesting thing about even specifically Ohio that I read I wish I could find the article. Oh, here we go. Governor Mike DeWine in January signed measure SB 260, and it, it links the actual act, that prohibits using telemedicine for medication-induced abortions, instead requiring patients to take an initial dose of any drug in the presence of a physician. It was slated to go into effect in April, but a judge temporarily blocked the ban on April 7th. So I'm curious if they blocked the ban because of literally COVID, like a lot of stuff right now is telemedicine. Oh, yeah. um, but so so in this case, go, the governor of Ohio, specifically Mike DeWine said, hey, um, sorry, not sorry, but I'm not just going to let you hop on a Zoom and then we give you this medicine, medicine. All right. I need you to take the first dose in person. Now that could also be, um, for the sake of if I go in and I get this pill and I'm like, Hey, it's for me, I'm pregnant and they don't do a scan or anything. I take the pill home to my 13 year old sister and then there she goes. Right. So there's a lot of different things. I can understand the telemedicine aspect, but with COVID, I was also kind of surprised. So that is one thing though. And again, that is due to, um, that can do with not only just the option of, Hey, I don't want to have this pregnancy anymore. And this can only be used up to a certain amount, um, of weeks as well. So obviously this can only be used up to a certain point in pregnancy. Um, you can't be like 14 weeks, 15, 16 weeks and have obviously, um, you know, a, a medical abortion, like it would have to be then physical because that fetus would be probably too big to obviously pass. Um, now this can also though take place when, um, someone has, um, an incomplete abortion. Um, this can, or this is a potential risk, right? This, if for some reason the abortion didn't completely go through, you would then need to follow up for a surgical abortion. So there's a lot of different risks involved in the medical aspect, but even with the pill, it is seemed to deem itself pretty safe. Um, a lot of these two can also be used for, um, pregnancy outside the uterus, including, um, potential ep ectopic, or I'm sorry, cannot be used for things such as possible ectopic pregnancy. You can't use it if you have an IUD. Cause again, you can get pregnant if you even have that for some reason. And again, if you're too far, if you're taking a blood thinner, um, if you have an allergy to the medications, if you have certain medical conditions, you cannot use it. So there's a lot of different things, obviously, just like a normal pill that are like, Hey, you can't do it if you have this X, Y, and Z. Um, so those are two of like the main 
styles of abortion. Now, when we think of abortion too, we think, um, oh my gosh, you're aborting a 30 week baby. Now that would be called a late term abortion. And in a lot of states, and I think in general, that is pretty much like banned in general. Like that is, that is pretty much not something anyone does. Um, and I think the only reason that would ever be deemed necessary is if for some reason, um, the child has a major birth defect that could then, um, harm mom to where mom would be put into labor, et cetera, et cetera. So there, there's a lot of dancing around the, the later dates, but up to, I believe from what I understand, you know, as late as 20 weeks is where some laws, um, are prohibiting. Um, Okay. So that's like the big piece right now. Let me kind of like explain my piece and like my outlook. Number one, I'm very much pro-choice. And I think that a lot of women are. And I think that because it's not until you're put in that situation of not ready to be, not ready to be a parent and, and surprisingly, you know, quote, becoming one that you kind of don't realize where you lie. But for me, again, it wasn't until I was pregnant that I realized why people could do it and not have the, not always have regret. Now, if I would have proceeded with an abortion, I can definitely say I, you know, those what ifs, that experience of maybe sitting in an office by myself, that experience of even maybe being judged or scolded, um, would be scary for me. Um, I can definitely say that. I can definitely say I would live with a lot of regret wondering what, what would my life be like right now? You know, however, for me, when I found out I was pregnant, I was ready to be a mom. Like I I was excited. I wanted that. Now for some other people, they're not ready or they don't want to be. And I think that that's interesting because we expect woman to woman. Oh, don't you just want a baby? Don't you want to have a baby? Aren't you ready to be a parent? And I think saying, no, I'm not shows that you're also taking parenting very seriously. And I love that the topic, um, covered in the podcast that I I'm inspired by said that it said, wow, you must be taking parenting very seriously to decide, Hey, this isn't for me. Um, and you know, as sad as it can be. And again, you don't have to be pro abortion to be pro choice. So as sad as it is, I I totally get it, but it's also one of those things where it, if it doesn't pertain to you, then it doesn't fucking matter. It shouldn't matter to you. You know what I mean? Um, so I want to read off a few different, um, messages I got just in general from, um, my Instagram first. Someone said I needed to, Oh, fix this. Keeping this. I'm currently pregnant 32 weeks today and have gone my whole pregnancy with the intent on keeping my baby with the exception of possibly finding out the baby had something called encephalopathy at an anatomy scan, which is the literal absence of a brain. My baby would have survived quote, using that word loosely inside me up until I delivered. And then there would be no point of life after birth. At that point to me, carrying to term would have been borderline torture. For me, terminating would have been the right thing to do for myself and my baby, but I would still have been considered 
part of the number of women who have had abortions every year. And to me, that doesn't seem quite fair. The stigma behind abortion makes women feel dirty and it shouldn't. But case, but especially in cases like this one that many women have to go through daily. Can't wait to listen to this episode. So this is just an example of a medical deemed thing, right? But she would be categorized in this, oh, she had an abortion, right? When her baby would have literally been born without a brain. I found out I was pregnant at 25 weeks. We love reproductive system problems and digestive issues, LOL. Never once did I think I was going to give up my child. With that being said, while the choice isn't a choice for me, I have no right to say another female doesn't have the right, right to make that choice for them. I, I think an important thing is I would never tell anyone else what to do with their body. And for health reasons, I'd always want the best option for me personally. If me and the baby are healthy, I'm keeping it no matter what stage of life I'm in. Just a personal opinion, which again, we're all entitled to. I have a story about changing my perspective on abortion. You don't have to read or share, but you can if you want. Long story short, I don't want to overwhelm you, so I can give you the longer version later if you want. I've always been pro-choice. I'm married now and wouldn't ever personally get an abortion now, but who knows when I was younger if I were to have ever had an accident with a one-night stand. 29 now. Either way, my mindset is not for me, but I support the right to choose. While I was listening to a podcast with a guest whose doctor was for Planned Parenthood New York while I was pregnant with my first child. As I was listening to the episode, I could feel my baby kick. He was 22 weeks at the time. And literally as he was kicking, the doctor said abortion was legal up to 24 weeks in the state of New York. So this is very interesting. And I'm curious if it was the same podcast. I just don't remember. Um, but this person, you know, finished by saying it took me being pregnant to gain perspective, but I can understand why there's plenty of people passionate about being pro-life. Um, it shifted my mind kind of, um, I thought it was crazy because before that moment I was very pro-choice and I definitely agree with that because, you know, I, I feel Maddox, I felt Maddox at 18 weeks, but here's the thing. If you read statistics, the number of later term abortions, such as, you know, that, you know, getting 18 weeks, 20 weeks, 24 weeks, those aren't being done out of choice saying, nah, I don't want it anymore. The statistics of those abortions are occurring because they did an, an anatomy scan and there was something of defect to that unborn child that could then put the mother at risk or the baby's life would not be of full um, happiness, love, opportunity. Um, so I think that again, we, we see these big bellies and we think, oh my gosh, how could someone abort that? But I, the number of people that are actually choosing that route is so minuscule and they're probably hurting just as much as anyone else making that decision. I wanted to say that I had an abortion last year. My husband and I made the choice. We didn't feel it was the right time to get pregnant as we had just gotten married a few months prior. We were still running a house, et cetera. Things just weren't right at the time. I was super early in pregnancy and did the abortion pill. That being said, I got pregnant this year and found out I'm pregnant. I was pregnant a few weeks ago and we're excited. Still renting. <laughs> but it again, you know, great parenting by saying, hey, we're not ready. And now they have the opportunity to, to be ready. At my current age and stage of life, I would keep when I was younger, broke, unable to provide for a child and have no support system. It would have probably been a different decision for me. 
My mom said I could share. She has had two abortions. One of those, she was in a very physical, almost killed her once, abusive marriage. And even though it took her 10 years to get out of, when she found out she was pregnant five years in, she knew she didn't want to bring a baby into that environment and be stuck somehow in some way for the rest of her life with this man. And another time she was single, it was just me and her, and we didn't even have enough money to pay the water bill. We'd have to boil water on the stove so I'd have hot water for a bath. So again, didn't want to bring a baby into the environment when she could barely afford one. Now, you have probably the um, pro-lifers saying, oh, well, then she should have been smart. She shouldn't have been having sex and this and X and Y and Z. And, you know, maybe it was a slip up. Maybe it was a literal accident right? Maybe the condom broke. Like who's to say that you even know what occurred in that instance for that to happen. And so who are you to think that it's your choice to chime in on her decision? But by her saying, Hey, I'm not, I do not want to be tied to this monster. Okay. Great decision. And then another one, she could barely afford one. So why would she want to then rely on other people to help support her too? right? I also like phrasing it as pro-choice or anti-choice because I am pro-choice, but I'd advocate for life first, if that makes sense. And again, I do think that makes sense because to say you're pro-choice doesn't mean that you're necessarily pro-abortion. It's just you're pro that person making their own choice because it does not concern you. Someone else, this is another take. This is so much more complicated than a pro-life or pro-choice answer. I truly believe children are a miracle from God, but it's absolutely insane to say that a child is always brought from a loving and good place. No, I don't believe in killing babies, but a woman should also never be told what to do with her own body as a survivor of sexual abuse and rape. If a baby were to come from that situation, there'd be no way I could keep it, nor I would want that constant reminder. And again, I totally agree. Um, girl, it makes me sad that this is something that's being taken from so many women out there because the thing is it should be pro-choice because not everyone will think this the way someone else does. And people need to learn and be okay with that, especially when it's not pertaining to your own body. I just know if I hadn't had the option, I would be stuck with a crazy person for the rest of my life, all because of an accident and all because I didn't have a choice because I found out past the six weeks like normal people might do. The guy was crazy and would have done anything to keep me around and I told myself, oh, fuck no. So it makes me sad because all the stories out there of these women or even young girls making the choice of aborting. So I will always be pro-choice because you never know people's situation in life. To think I would have always been connected to him, it honestly scares me. So again, a few of of many stories and those were, dude, those were literally just my DMs. I have uh, probably 50 emails here of plenty of stories. Um, And I think that it can be very therapeutic to share because a lot of women don't have the opportunity to tell people what has happened to them. Um, in that, in that maybe trauma behind it, you know, I got a lot of people messaging me too, saying that it would, it would have affected them the rest of their life. I had people saying it did affect them. They're still traumatized by their experience and would never do it again. Um, but I, I do think that it is, it's very important to just in general, have the outlook of giving 
people their own choice. So I want to read a few stories. Um, and you know, I hope that this is good conversation for you guys and the understanding that there's so many things flawed in the system. Like I even remember when I went into, I went into a woman's care center, women's pregnancy center. And I'm pretty sure the women's pregnancy center, um, are like Christian based. So I sat down, peed in a cup. They took it to confirm my pregnancy versus just like a clear blue, you know, pregnancy test. And I sat down and they gave me a book and they gave me this pair of socks, um, little baby socks. And it was funny because they actually gave me the color blue. And they're like, do you think, what would you think it is? Like they're, they, I remember the lingo. And at this point I was, I was fine with being pregnant, you know, but the lingo was coming from just a normal conversation that they would have with anyone. Right. So they're like, so like, what do you want? Um, are you excited for this pregnancy? Have you thought about um, what you're going to do with this pregnancy? Are, are you planning on keeping this pregnancy? And so, you know, they were poking and prodding. And for me, I was like, oh, absolutely. Like I, I definitely, I'm ready for this. But I could only imagine someone who goes in there and is just not ready. And they're poking and prodding around of like, what, what do you want to have? Do you want a boy? Do you want a girl? And making you think ahead. Um, and I think that's why I have such an issue with the whole having to get a fetal Doppler done or an ultrasound before that decision, because then it makes it 12 times harder to then uh, terminate a pregnancy. But if you're someone who is not in the state, the age, the comfortability, the time, the financial position to bring a child into the world, or sometimes simply don't fucking want to then you shouldn't have to go through that pain and agony of, of seeing the life that, that is in you, you know, and, oh, when does, when does life start? When does, well, you know, there's so much shit up for debate, you know, but at the end of the day, again, it's, if it doesn't pertain to you, then it doesn't pertain to you. I think the only other person that should have a say would be the person that you got pregnant with And even at that point, they still don't have jack shit to say because when you have a child, when a woman has a child, her world changes. The sperm donors, for lack of better terms, no offense, does not. And I hate to put it this way, but Wyatt could walk away tomorrow and never, ever even think he was a dad again. For a woman, it's a different style in a, a an experience. Not only do you carry the baby to full term, you you then have the baby. You you push it out. You then maybe breastfeed, or you're you're just the default parent. And that's not fucking feminine versus that's not feminist versus you know everyone should be equal. That's just the truth, and that that's just how our bodies work. Um, and how our, our, our natural hormones and survivor, survivor skills work. So yes, should you maybe inquire with them? Maybe depending on your, your status, but at the end of the day, does their opinion even fucking matter? Truthfully? No, truthfully. No, that is a one-on-one discussion with yourself and what you would be at peace with and what you're ready for. I'm originally from Saskatchewan, but was living in Ottawa, Ontario at the time in Canada. 
I was in my last year of university, had just enrolled in the Canadian military and had been dating this guy only for a couple months. I knew the guy was going to be a lifelong thing, but I knew I could not go through with a pregnancy. I wanted to go on deployment before I have a baby and I want to be married, etc. I was not well educated in abortions in Canada and I thought my only option was surgical abortion. It was absolutely traumatizing. My man stayed in the waiting room the whole time. We've been together since then, almost two years now. I got my degree, have been in the military for a while. We just bought a house together six months ago. I have no regrets, but I know in Canada, the education and stigma around the options we have out there as women is insane. It cost me $500 and all I could think about were the women who could not even afford that. Our system does not support foster families or adoption services, yet there is this de-ister, sorry, pronunciation, ideology around abortion. I am considered a pretty successful human being. I'm 22 years old with a bachelor's degree in social work with honors, a full-time government worker while being in the military. My boyfriend works for the city of Ottawa, Canada. We own a home together at 22 and 23. We chose to make that hard decision and thank God we did. We were in a position to have the option. I think every day about those who don't have options. Thank you for talking about this topic. Good evening, Des. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> Thanks. I'm replying to this because I respect you so much for openly talking about a, such a controversial subject. I was in an abusive relationship and fell pregnant, not by choice. Mentally and physically, I was not ready to bring a child into the world or environment I was in. I went to Planned Parenthood and they exceeded every expectation I had. I was a mess, bawling my eyes out the second I walked through the door and I'd never felt more cared for and comfortable. After this experience, I began advocating and doing research on what Planned Parenthood fully does. And now I am a health coordinator or health center coordinator for Planned Parenthood in Florida and couldn't be more proud. From testing to PAPS, abortion, birth control option, education, etc., the stories I've heard, the lives I know I've impacted and the impact patients have had on me, I am pro-choice and proud. That is, that's crazy. It's awesome. I can honestly say my whole life, I never wanted to make the decision to have an abortion. I was so careful. Condoms, birth control, pulling out. I believe in the right to choose what you do with your body, but never, but I never wanted to have to choose. I grew up knowing in my soul that I didn't want kids. It wasn't in my cards. And after I was told at 18, after a serious cancer scare that it wasn't safe for me to do, I accepted it. Fast forward 10 years, I got married to the person of my dreams, got all clear from the doctors, and that feeling in my soul that said you shouldn't be a mom started singing a different tune. We were so excited to try and we got lucky. First try and we were pregnant. At my confirmation ultrasound, the text said I was 10 weeks, but nothing else. Being a first time mom, I assumed that's all I got when I, when that's all I got. And when I got home to keep planning and, and tell my family. Before I even got home, my family doctor calling me, telling me the baby had high drops and needed to see a specialist immediately. I had an appointment the next day, followed by five weeks of tests and procedures and appointments, each one more dark than the last with no good news. My baby was sick and I was in pain. There was nothing I could do but wait to miscarry or have an abortion. The baby wasn't ever going to make it to term, so I had the abortion, no more pain, no more waiting, no more wondering what my life would be wondering when my life would crash around me. It was only sensible or it was only some balance of control I had in my life in what seemed like a dark spiral. It was the hardest choice I ever had to make. But now two years later, I have a beautiful baby girl. I don't regret the choice I made. I still think about it all the time, but I'm content with my life now. And looking back, I would make the same choice again. 
I love these stories because there's so many different, so many different um, reasons. And, and again, you, you never know someone's reason. Oh, there's another one that is like really long, but let's do this one. <laughs> so I was 20 years old living with my boyfriend in our own apartment. It was an unhealthy relationship and had been going on for about three or four years already. I broken up with, cheated on, gone back to him, somehow managed back up in the apartment lease together. Eventually, as time passed, I'd become sick to my stomach on and off for weeks, throwing up constantly, not sure what was wrong. People at work kept joking with me, asking me if I was pregnant. I'm like, no, no, no. I've been on birth control since I was 15. I take it religiously. There's no way. Well, I had an appointment scheduled to get my IUD implanted and actually ran out of birth control for a few days before I could get a refill and due to some kind of issue with my provider in CVS. Not thinking much of it, we had unprotected sex in that time frame. I even bought plan B afterwards. Well, at my appointment to get my IUD in, they go to insert it and have to stop. The next thing you know, they're telling me I'm six weeks pregnant. I knew I was too young and not capable of providing a life for my child. I also knew there was no way I could go through a pregnancy and then have to give my child away. As soon as I found out, they asked me what I wanted to do, and I asked for the nearest clinic who would perform an abortion, and I left my gynecologist in tears. I called my best friend at the time and told her as soon as I found out. That's what, um, or I'm sorry, I told her that I couldn't keep the baby. She supported me completely, even though she was a young mom with a little boy herself. I came out to my boyfriend as soon as I made it home. He agreed that we were not capable of having a child and supporting it. I went through with the abortion within the next week. To this day, I do not regret my decision for a second. I know I'm in my heart. I made the best decision for myself. Two years later, I left the toxic relationship, broke off a six-year relationship that was not going anywhere with someone who truly didn't care about anyone but themselves. And to this day, still living the crappy life he was back then. Looking back, I do I wish thing happen, things happened differently? Sure. I wish it never happened, especially because now I wonder if one day I'll be able to have a baby of my own with the man I'm currently with for the past year who I adore and love more than I ever imagined. Or will I have to suffer without a baby because I gave up my one opportunity? Only time will tell, but I have hope and I'm praying that my time will come again. And I think, again, that's another powerful story. And one of, I think, many. We have this thought in our head that, well, I just threw away my one chance. It's probably karma. I'll never have a child again. And in some cases, maybe. Maybe I'm not, I'm not dismissing that. I wouldn't call it karma. I would just call it, you know, your body and your life path. But there's, there's a lesson to be taught in any situation that you're in. And I think for a lot of women who go through this one specifically, a a big one. Um, and I think we, we look at people who, who beg to have children and we have this sense of guilt. We have the sense of guilt of, you know, my, my best friend is trying and she can't get pregnant, but here I am fertile Myrtle and I don't want it. But at that point, that guilt needs to go away. And as your friend, she needs to respect that you are actually being a responsible parent by saying, I'm not ready to be a parent. You're, you're being and taking parenting so seriously to say, I couldn't give this child the opportunity in life that he or she would have had at a, at a different time and a different date with me as the parent. Right. And it's hard. It's uh, so hard to say that. And you're like, man, that's not, it's not right. Um, but, but it is. And again, it's, it's not you, right? It's not your problem. It's not your decision. 
Um, and even someone, um, who has had a baby, you know, I've had people message me before and they're like, how can you be pro-choice when you, you know, you felt Maddox kicking and you felt this again, 90 some percent of abortions are done before you even feel kicks. Most people wake the fuck up and say, bro, this ain't it for me. Not a lot of women sit on a pregnancy for for weeks and just be like, hmm, I'm just going to keep getting bigger and then decide. Most people are going to want to terminate because that decision is so rapid for them. They immediately say, nope, not for me. And, and they don't want people to know, right? So they're going to do it before most likely the first trimester is over. Now, then you think, well, what about the devil's advocate? Oh, well, there's adoption. There is adoption. There is adoption. And you know, I hate to, fuck, this is such a terrible comparison, but forgive me. I have no, I don't know how else to say it. And I hope it comes out right. Everyone, everyone wants a puppy. Everyone wants the cute little puppy with the cute little nose and the cute little eyes. No one wants the old dog. So right now we have thousands and thousands and thousands of boys and girls of different colors, different backgrounds, different everything sitting in the foster care system with not enough parents to adopt them. So we're going to then just continue to promote all the time. Don't get me wrong. I'm totally pro-abortion. Like, or, <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm totally pro-adoption. That was a bad edit. Totally pro-adoption. I love adoption. I love the aspect of it. And, and you know what? Yes, if someone's willing to do and go through all of that for adoption or whatever, great. But what about the other kids who have then been waiting for years to try to find a parent? Everyone just wants a new baby. So I don't really like the idea that everyone would then push, well, there's an option. There fucking is. But what about all the other kids that are sitting in foster care because there is adoption? You know what I mean? Those parents, and again, this is no shade, those parents who had these kids who maybe have had drug problems or um, fucking, I don't really know. I, I'm not good with like CPS and what, you know, why children are taken or whatever. But some of those parents maybe could have made the decision to say, hey, I'm not suited to be a parent right now. But instead, they might have been pushed in the same way to where it's like, well, you have to keep it. You have to keep it. You have to keep it. And I'm not saying that's it for every situation, but I'm just trying to put in perspective. We can't always assume, oh, well, then just give it up for adoption. Well, no, a woman's body still changes in every way, shape and form to even hold a baby. Who's to say that a woman just wants to, to do that and how hard it would be to also then part with a baby you just spent nine months with in utero. That's still hard, but that doesn't necessarily also mean that that person just cause they're sad was deemed yet to be a parent, Right. So I never thought I would be the one to have an abortion. I thought it was something that was wrong. However, when it came to me, it ended up being the right situation at the time. A few years ago, I found out I was pregnant and couldn't couldn't have been more surprised but happy. 
Well, unfortunately and horribly, I had a miscarriage at nine weeks. I was distraught. Two months later, I found out I was pregnant again and just couldn't fathom going through the pain of loss again or being pregnant as much as it pained me. I made the choice to get an abortion. It's something I think about, but I wouldn't be where I am right now if I didn't make that choice for myself. So here we go. A totally different scenario. Was pregnant, miscarried, got pregnant again, which most people would say, woo, rainbow baby. What a blessing. And this person said, I can't do this right now. I was a sophomore in college, 19, now 23. I'm a very regular person and had missed my period. I don't know how to describe it, but I almost knew before the missed period and taking the test that it was positive. My boyfriend had had experienced an abortion in his past relationship and his girlfriend was incredibly blaming. This is your fault. You killed our baby. Horrible shit. I knew I didn't want him to experience that same trauma. I debated if I should tell him. I also knew that I was not ready for a baby. Financially stable, a college student, hadn't even started my career. I knew right away that an abortion is what was best for me at the time, but was so sad that I could potentially be giving up my only child. There's there's another um, kind of mental thing, right? I went to have my initial consult two days after taking the test and told him when I got home from the consult, I had to wait another month before I could get in for the appointment itself. Eight, I was eight weeks along the day of my abortion. It's a long process of being called back to answer questions, vitals, ultrasound, STD testing, presenting your options, then the abortion. You go back into the room after each part. I was there for about eight hours total. I have a high pain tolerance and the procedure itself was easy, but the easily, oh, I'm sorry, easily the worst pain I've ever had in my life. But I popped an IUD into this coochie a month after the abortion because I knew I could never go through that again. I still have my ultrasound picture to this day and I can't seem to get rid of it. When people close to me are pregnant, I'm so happy for them, but definitely am jealous and triggered that I didn't get to have the same opportunity and never will get to hold my baby. Every year when the due date and the anniversary of the actual abortion rolls around, I get a little depressed about it. Mm, this is making me emotional. Woo! What I would like to be taken away from my experience is that it's not an easy decision. Obviously, there are people who may, quote, abuse the system, quote, in, my, uh, in the eyes of some. But in more than most cases, women are already regretful and saddened by the experience. Why continue to make them feel worse? in regards to protesters and aggressive pro-lifers. I had my procedure take place at the Planned Parenthood in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I fortunately did not see any pr- protesters on my way in. However, my boyfriend left to get us lunch and was berated by protesters. He talked to one that said they, the pro-life organization, bought a house across the street so they could go back for lunch, bathroom breaks, etc. I was so disgusted by the level of hatred you have to feel to punish young women or women in general for a decision that is already so hard. Like you bought a fucking house so you can take a pee break from yelling at girls all day for ending their pregnancies. Thanks for reading. And I hope I look forward to listening to the podcast. Um, And that's so emotional because again, I'll say it again and again and again, the decision to terminate a pregnancy is already exactly that. It's a fucking decision. It does not mean that it is easy. We've now listened to a few different miraculous stories of all different backgrounds. And, you know, just hearing that this person specifically still has an ultrasound picture kind of has that, that trauma of like, oh, I wish I could hold this child that I know was there. 
but they know that that wasn't the time and that that's still a fucking hard decision. Um, man, there's so many stories. I wish I could, I really wish I could read them all. I just think it's so interesting to hear, to hear the, the, the back and forth of the emotions you go through the trauma. And, you know, I've even had a few people reach out to me that are on my Instagram of different statuses and share with me that they had an abortion. And I was like, what the fuck? I would have never even expected. So it's like you never know also who has one, who needed one, who, whatever. Um, it, it's just, it's emotional to me because although I couldn't imagine my life without Maddox, and, and again, I want to reiterate that I was ready to be a mom. I was ready Although I cannot live, picture my life without Maddox, I also couldn't imagine not having a choice. And that's what it comes down to. You don't have to be, you don't have to be pro immediately go get an abortion, but you should have a choice when you find out you're pregnant to say, hmm, how do I feel about this? And I, and I think that was another thing I really want to share from the podcast that I listened to. If, if your friend comes to you and they're, they send you an ultrasound picture or they're like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. We need to kind of revisit our verbiage and say, how do you feel about that? How, how are you feeling about that? That should be our first response. How are you feeling about that? Now, certain circumstances, I'm not going to lie. Like you can probably understand that this person wanted it, right? <laughs> um, like for example, if I, when I messaged my sister, um, you know, when I was pregnant, she knew that I was like wanting to be a mom, right? Just like, you know, woo, a little bit sooner than I thought, maybe a year, but still she knew I was cool with that, right? Now, if you're hearing from a friend who just like sends you it or, you know, they tell you on the phone, I, I'm pregnant. Our first response shouldn't be, oh my God, Congratulations. We need to start rethinking the thought of just like, how are you feeling about that? So that you can listen to them and hear, hear them say, you know, I'm not sure what to do. Or, or hear them say back, dude, I'm fucking stoked. I'm so ready for this. We just, because then it's harder to be like, congrats. And then be like, um, I'm actually like, not sure if I can do this. And I think supporting our friends and supporting our, our fellow women who we know in those decisions is so important. And I, I understand that there is just so much sadness when it comes to women that experience um, spontaneous abortions, which is also classified as a miscarriage, and how, how they could look at you and be, you know, oh, that's not fair. Your body gave you a baby and I'm trying and I can't have one. It's you have to do what's best for you. And I think that's why a lot of times the, the, the stigma behind it, why it's so private, right? No one needs to know your business, but in a room full of women, I think that we should be able to share these stories. And, and, and especially in a room full of successful women, women who are out there doing fucking great things in life. You know, some women who maybe have gotten abortions before, they wouldn't be your doctor right now, right? Right. Maybe they wouldn't be um, 
the fucking, I don't know, CEO of some business, right? If they would have had a baby, right? It would have thrown that, them off that path. Some people might call it selfish, but at the end of the day, I just call it a choice and it's your life and you get to do what deems the pathway for you. So there's, man, there's a lot of, of, of stories and I'm going to read through them all. Um, in general, I just, I want to just hear people's stories and from someone who's never had an abortion myself, you know, I, I can't obviously sympathize to the point of, you know, how it feels going through that or whatever it might be. But, but as someone with a child, I can, I can know the taxing it takes on your body. Um, a lot of things that you can't do anymore. You know, you are a mom. There is a, there's a different level of responsibility that happens. There's different things that occur that you can't do being just you. And so I know how big of a fucking responsibility and choice that is to also be a parent. So for someone to say, I'm not ready to be one, I would be like, dude, I fucking get it. <laughs> I fucking get it, dude. Do you want mine for a day? Like have fucking fun. Um, it's hard. It's fucking hard, dude. Parenting is hard. So if you're someone who's not financially ready or in a, a mental position or in a caring relationship, someone that has support system or not, I, I respect your choice. And I want to end on that. And I hope that this episode can open up your eyes a little bit, um, even just to look, look into your own state, wherever you are, you know, what does that look like for you? Like, what are your options? Especially as someone who, for me, I don't keep up with, you know, like uh, abortion stuff. No offense, but like, I just like, I'm not like searching it, right? Like what's new? I don't just Google that. But if you're someone who's maybe in a position right now where if you found out you're pregnant today and you don't think that you would be ready for that decision, ready for that choice to be a parent, um, Earthside, <laughs> um, I encourage you to, to Google what's going on in your state right now. What's going on? What are the rules? What are the laws? What are what's everything and and you know definitely look into what's going on in the media you know i i remember hearing a lot back in a few maybe a year ago or so about def i'm if i'm using the right terms defunding planned parenthood maybe something along the lines of like planned parenthood x y and z and now we're seeing and now that that you know this topic kind of opened up to me i'm i'm seeing the goodness i'm seeing the good in the the support that planned parenthood is doing and the, and the education that it can support and, um, the, the resources it can provide for women. So again, the, the option might not have to be abortion because they have birth control because they have education because they understand an ovulation because they have an IUD, whatever that, that service is, they have access to that with Planned Parenthood. So again, I, you know, I'm, I'm really on fire right now to keep educating myself on what's going on right now with women's rights to our bodies. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm sorry, a 50 to fucking 70 year old man in office, in an office of a position of some sort should not be telling a fucking woman what to do with their body. And that is point blank period. A man should never tell a fucking woman what to do with their body. Just like a woman can't necessarily tell a man what to do either, right? We are two separate sexes. We are two different genetic makeups. And at the end of the day, our bodies do different things and we are allowed the different choice. So, um, with that being said, I, 
applaud you guys for making it to the end of this episode. Um, would love your feedback on this. Um, email me at desbefit at gmail.com. Again, check out the show notes, listen to the other podcast. I hope I intrigued you to just do a little research yourself, especially if you are a woman that could be in this position or just a, a woman in general. We need to know what's going on in, in legislation of, of ourselves and our rights and our bodies. So whew, hope you guys have a great Sunday. That was loaded. Thank you guys. Um, and we'll chat next Sunday.